and welcome Hoosier fans to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers defeat Portland State 85-74 to in a game that certainly featured a lot of offense for the Indiana Hoosiers but not a lot of defense and you know obviously look getting a victory is good getting a victory by double digits is also good but you know as coach and I were talking about you know before we went live a lot to really pick apart in this game for Indiana uh which featured I think a really poor defensive uh, performance and you know you think back to what Archie Miller said in the post game sh- you know his post game comments after the Portland State game or after the Western Illinois game and he was not happy with the defense even though statistically it looked like an okay performance and today, you know, we might have uh, seen some of the things that he was upset about. Indiana gives up 1.104 points per possession to Portland State, uh, a team that's ranked, you know, down in the 270s, somewhere around there. So, you know, context, very important uh, in these early season games. And this just wasn't a very good defensive performance by the Hoosiers, a game where they really just didn't show a killer instinct today. You know, again, they scored enough points to win, but when they had opportunities to put Portland State away to really put some distance between them, they just weren't quite ready to make those plays, uh, and Portland State was able to hang around and make this more of a game uh, than it really should have been. I'm Jared Morris. I'm your host today, here with Coach Brian Tonsoni, and we're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. And let's start this edition of the Assembly Call uh, the way that we start everyone, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And, you know, ironically, for a game where the overall defense wasn't good at all, the banner moment is going to be a defensive moment. You know, in the second half, it was 59 to 53. You'll recall Boo Boo Woods had just gone on a tear. He made three or four three pointers in a row and hit, you know, a little mid range jumper. And he was really cooking. You know, Al Durham was guarding him. Armand Franklin was guarding him. And no one was really able to stop him. And I put, you know, a, a big note in caps in, you know, my notes that I take during the game who is going to get pissed off and remind Woods that he is playing in Assembly Hall? And the guy to do it, as we saw, you know, a lot of times last year was Rob Finnessy, who, you know, had an uneven day offensively, as we're going to talk about, but really came through in that big stretch in the second half from about the 10 and a half minute mark in the second half to about the six and a half minute mark when the game was really kind of back in the balance because of what Woods was doing. Rob Finnessy got it going defensively. And at that particular moment, when it was 59-53, that's where Rob had switched on to Woods. And you'll remember the play over on the sidelines where Rob was really aggressive. I think Woods you know, either dribbled it or passed it out of bounds. You know, They kind of started jawing back and forth. The technical foul happened. And it was really, it kind of felt to me like Rob saying, hey, I'm here. I'm going to get in your grill and play some defense. And that's what he did. You know, Woods did not score for the next four minutes with Rob guarding him. He was all over him, didn't let him, you know, get those three pointers, did not let him just drive to the basket, bodied him up and really just made life difficult on him. And Indiana would then extend the lead all the way out to 70 to 57. And in fact, on the the bucket that they got to 70 on, it was a nice pass from Rob to Trace Jackson Davis for the dunk. And then they kind of nursed that edge for the rest of the game. So It wasn't a great performance from Rob, again, as we'll talk about, but in that really key stretch, when no one else was really, you know, stepping up to play defense and lock Portland State down, Rob Finnessy did it, and I thought that really turned the game in the second half, so hat tip to Rob Finnessy for that defense uh, and for slowing down Woods, who, you know, hat tip also to him, who really came in in that second half, competed hard, and, you know, almost brought his team back before Rob decided to step up and shut him down. All right, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, which was founded by an IU grad and remains based in Indianapolis. And if you haven't been paying attention to what's been going on over at Homefield Apparel, you really need to go to their website, homefieldapparel.com, as soon as you can to check it out. They've got the incredibly comfortable Bison logo hoodie, which is made out of their soft tri-blend material. I was wearing that hoodie this morning out at the park with my daughter, and I kid you not, Two people commented on it, and that's in Dallas, how they liked the logo. Another guy was at the farmer's market and told me how much he liked it. An interesting story, he was one of the graphic designers for Cook Hall. This is like what he does is he goes around and helps design like these athletic facilities for college teams, and he had pictures on his phone of Cook Hall and some of the work that he had done for it. So kind of a fun, interesting story. But hey, that's what happens when you wear the Bison logo hoodie out. So get yours. Uh, In addition to that, they've got the IU Basketball Champions t-shirt, the vintage sneakers design. 
And, of course, the nine Windiana shirt, which the football Hoosiers are two wins away uh, from making one of the greatest called shots in sports apparel history. But they've got a ton of great items there. All of them are comfortable at homefieldapparel.com. And because you're a member of the Assembly Call audience, you get a massive discount when you order at homefieldapparel.com. Go to homefieldapparel.com, use the promo code ASSEMBLY20, that's ASSEMBLY20, and you will get 20% off any time for your entire order. Again, go to homefieldapparel.com, use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 for 20% off your entire order. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And tonight, today, that is Coach Brian Tonsoni. Coach, your opening thoughts on this underwhelming Indiana victory. Well, underwhelming to say the least. you know, any win is a good win, and you need to, you know, Archie said it in the last game, it's hard to win in college basketball, and that is true. Today's game was not uh, an outstanding game offensively. It was not an outstanding game defensively. And as a coach, you're going to go back and uh, watch film and share that with the team. But there there were some bright spots, um, and we'll talk about the players that really – did well today. Uh, Race Thompson was one. I thought Trace Jackson Davis had a nice game. And I think Justin Smith, again, is has now shown a, a three or four uh, games of consistent effort and, and play. And maybe not perfect, but so you always want to, you always want to find the negative and we're going to talk a lot about that, but then you always got to go back and, and find the positive. And, and this is a game, you know, they threw in a bank three and they threw in a three at the very end of the game. You take those away and it's a 17 uh, point difference in a game that you were favored by 20 and a, and a young man, uh, the Woods kid got really hot. Um, and so you're going to have that in the game of basketball. So, you know, Sagarin and all of those had us around a 20 point game and it ended up 11. And so I don't think when, when everyone sits back and relax, it's not too far off. Um, and you know, you, you learn from it and you move forward. So, Coach, let's talk about the defense, because I think you and I both agree, you know, offensively, there were some bright spots. I think from a rebounding perspective, there were some bright spots, and we will get to those. But let's talk about why the defense was not good today. And I think it really starts with the guards. And, you know, again, I thought Rob played really good defense for that one stretch. But outside of that, you know, the pack line, one of the number one principles of the defense is don't allow dribble penetration. Keep guys out of the lane. You know, and part of that obviously is the athletic ability that the guards bring to the table. Part of it is also just competing and saying, you know what, I'm going to beat you to the spot and you're not getting in the lane on me today. And I didn't think Al really had that. I didn't. I don't really think Armand had that for most of the day. And, you know, you look at it uh, and, you know, Woods finishes with 27 points. Hauser finishes with 21 points. I mean, this team's going to face a lot of better guards than those two. And those two played really well. Don't get me wrong. But we're going to face a lot better guards than those guys. And that perimeter defense has to be better. And so, you know, that to me is really where it starts. And, you know, I look, Armand is a freshman, is as, as you know, you and I talked about beforehand. He kind of played like a freshman today for the first time, and that's going to happen. But I was disappointed in kind of the tone that Al set defensively because I just didn't think he was as locked in as he has been. And he's frankly just got to be better than that on the defensive end of the court. Yeah, I think all three guards were very weak uh, for most of the game until uh, Rob Finnessy decided to shut it down uh, at the time that you mentioned and, and just basically won the basketball game with his defense. This team needs to play 40 minutes of defense, and it starts with the guards. And, and the terminology, guard your yard. In the game of college basketball, you're going to get beat. Uh, it's, a, it's a downhill game, and the guards practice that from when they're in the middle school and anyone at Division One can get downhill. You just want to make it a lot more difficult than what was done today. It was too downhill, too easy, too quick without uh, changing. And, and the difference in the, in the last seven minutes uh, when the game was extended out of reach was they didn't have direct drives. They, were, they, they got beat a couple times, but it was, it was better at the point of attack. And that's, that's that combination of ball pressure in, in the Gannon game in the first half uh, in, in game one against Western Illinois. So that's just a work in progress. But our guards have to guard because if we're going to play big, we're already going to be uh, in a difficult situation on the ball at the three with, with Justin and Jerome until they get up to speed guarding at three. And even some stretch fours can put the ball on, on the ground if you're going to have uh, Trace Jackson Davis and Race out there. So, you know, it, it's it's a work in, in progress. Giving up 74 points, regardless of the, the two threes that I talked about, if you just gave up 68 against Portland State, that's not ideal. Uh, but, again, we, we all got to take a step back. Do you want ideal defense in game two 
or do you want ideal, you know, in game eight, nine, 10. And when the big 10 comes, uh, there's a level of patience in a program. It's, it's a, a journey, not, not, you know, it takes some time in, in a lot of aspects and, and we're at, you know, we're sitting here in a game that's 11 point loss and we're disappointed or 11 point win and we're disappointed. And, and that's, that's a good sign of maybe that the program is moving in, in the right direction. Yeah, I'd like to see the baseline for the defense be a little bit better, even if it's game two. You think back to last year, actually, that Montana State game that Indiana won 80 to 35. It was actually one of their best defensive performances of the season. I mean, they shut them down. And obviously, you know, that maybe didn't portend what was going to happen for the rest of the season. But it does, you know, get back to, you know, we talked about this on the Thursday radio show, you know, Archie Miller basically saying we're not a very good defensive team right now. And we were like, okay, is that a little bit of coach speak? No, I think he's right based on what we saw today. Um, you know, I think you also saw a little bit today the impact of Devontae Green being out. I mean, we only have three guards. As you mentioned, some of the other guys that are trying to guard on the perimeter, you know, Justin Smith, Jerome Hunter, some of the times we got beat, it was those guys. And they can get better, but also they're in a position where, you know, they probably are going to get beat a few times if they're out there trying to guard quicker guys on the perimeter. Having a Devontae Green who is a pretty good defender when he's fully locked in to rotate with those other three guards is going to help. So I think that's also part of it. Um, but, but also part of it is I just got the feeling throughout this game, and it goes back to what I talked about off the top with not having a killer instinct, where I felt like Indiana came to play. Like they played pretty hard. Like they ran the court. They got out in transition. They did some of those things, but they didn't really come to compete. Like they didn't dig in and give that extra grit that you need to keep that guy out of the lane or to, you know, to challenge that shot. Like there's kind of that little extra. They didn't quite have it. You know, Ryan might blame it on the early start time. <laughs> you know, whatever you want to say, they just didn't quite have it. And that to me was probably the more disappointing thing because, you know, we talked about what do you look for in these early games? It's habits. And you don't want to get into the habit of doing that, but then saying, oh, but we can score points and it's okay. So I have to imagine that's what the coaches are going to you know, beat into them. This was a performance that would get you beat in a lot of games on your schedule. You were just lucky enough to be playing one of the worst teams, so you got away with it. And so if we sound a little overly negative after a victory, that to me is why. The, you well, know, Indiana came to play, but didn't necessarily come to compete today, and that's why I was disappointed. And, and and this isn't something that I would do in the locker room as a coach, but at, on the show too, we we look at the Ken Palm rating to Portland State. We look at the conference that they're coming from, and we and we automatically think it's supposed to be a twenty five to thirty. Well, they were in the gym improving as well. Uh, you know, kudos to their guards for hitting some big shots and, and shots right in the face. The, the one of the threes was very well guarded, hand contested, and when when a, when a Division one guard starts feeling it. Uh, th there's not a lot you can do as a coach and a player to get that stopped. It's going to take a series of plays to get him out of his rhythm or to get someone else to take some shots to get him to be cooled off. And, and Portland State, I was surprised to hear they were over 500 last year. You know, so so they improved too. And, and, and we look at it from the Indiana side, not trying to make excuses. Uh, this was not a game that I enjoyed watching either. <laughs> but sometimes the other team comes to play and plays at their at, at their peak. Uh, and I think that has to be figured in a little bit before we go with with where. We're yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I want to go back to the first half because I thought there was a really important sequence in the first half as we look for positives. You know, Indiana was nursing kind of a four or five point lead there for a little while, and there was a nice spurt at the end of the first half that included Jerome Hunter knocking in a three-pointer. Um, you know, Trace Jackson Davis had a block shot and ended up leading um, to a, a layup for Armand Franklin. And for a while, it, it was kind of the leader in the clubhouse for the Banner moment until the second half got a little crazy and you know, Rob had to step up for the defense. But I thought that was a great sequence for our young guys. Because while Armand did not have his best game today of all the performances we've seen from him, this was the shakiest that he's been. I thought this might have been the best that Jerome and Trace have played. Um, you know, Jerome was able to knock down a couple of three-pointers, had a really nice offensive rebound tip-in in the second half where he kind of showed his just his instincts and his awareness. Like, you, you, we've seen the inside from him. We finally saw the outside. That was great to see. And Trace, you know, picked up a double-double, led Indiana in plus-minus. He had 13 points, 10 rebounds, had a couple of block shots. You know, I thought he did compete really well for the most part, ran the floor, you know, played hard. Um, so I was really impressed 
with 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 what we saw from him and just that stretch in the first half from those freshmen. Nice to see what those young guys are bringing. And we'll, we'll talk about race Thompson more. Cause he's another guy who, you know, isn't a freshman, but it kind of feels like one. And he also stepped up and really competed on the glass. And so it was nice to see from those young guys, um, you know, that they, you know, for the most part brought it. Yeah. And, and you know, we need to look too. it's this team is known for its pressure and there were 10 turnovers, uh, totally. And one was a post up on Justin Smith. And so an uh, offensive foul. And so those, those are some good things, uh, as well, but yeah, it's, you got to shake the rust off in these early season. And I think this team, if, if you're looking at it, there's going to be a lot of these games where you scratch your head and wonder why this, this guy did this. And this guy did this because, Otherwise, you wouldn't schedule seven games in a row where you're building up to the tough December. I think Archie really knew that he was going to have to bring this team along slowly. And, and again, that's where I feel comfortable, not happy, but comfortable right now with the with the double-digit win that never really was – and when we got down to five, it felt a little tight, but they took care of business. And, we're, and, and you're without green – and I, I think your comment about missing green was evident just from a rotation basis. Plus, to de- beat a team with pressure, you need someone to blow by. And Justin did that a few times. Rob did that a few times uh, against the set half-court pressure. But Devontae could shoot over it, uh, just pull up and shoot over it. He, he, he was our boo-boo that wasn't on the, the, the bench. Sometimes when, when you're stagnant, you just need a, the ball to go in by somebody. And we don't have that yet. I wrote down we had to drive against pressure in the first half and we were just passing it along the perimeter and we were allowing that pressure to make it tough, uh, on the offense. And once the attack started happening on offense, so those are things, those are teaching points. And again, you get in there and you teach and you get better and you come out next Tuesday and, and hopefully play a, a more complete game. Yeah. And you know, race Thompson also is a guy who came in, he had six rebounds in the first half in eight minutes. He, you know, in 16 minutes, he almost got a double, double. He had 10 points and nine boards. And, you know, as I was watching him in the first half, you know, and this is a comparison I'm obviously hesitant to make, but I was reminded a little bit, a little bit when he rebounds of Allen Henderson. Now, Allen Henderson is maybe the best rebounder in the history of the school. So here's what I mean by that. The way the timing, the way he attacks aggressively, the way that he times his leap to go up and get the ball at the height of its rebound and the way that he keeps the ball up after he rebounds and and is in a position to score or do something with it. He just has really good rebounding technique. That's what reminds me of Allen. Obviously, Allen did 8,000 other things. You know, he was such a complete player, such a great player. But just that specific thing, and you saw it. I mean, look, Race Thompson early in the season, you know, and we saw it a little bit last year, like in the Wisconsin game. He's showing that he is going to be a valuable guy off the bench because, you know, he still struggles defensively guarding, you know, guys on the move and doing some of those things, but you are not going to out tough him. And you're really going to have to get in good position to out-rebound him. And that is a valuable thing to have off the bench. And I don't think he's going to start. And there may be some games that are tougher matchups for him. But I think he's going to be the kind of guy that it's going to be hard for Archie to keep him off the court late in a close game because he defends, he rebounds, and he gets loose balls. And, and I just and he makes free throws. He was 4-4 from the line. So he's kind of putting himself in a position where he's making it hard to keep him off the court. And when you're a reserve guy, that's what you want to do. You know, Make that decision hard for the coach. Yeah, and you stole my line on the free throws. Um, but you know, ten points, nine rebounds, four or four in sixteen minutes. The thing too is when he does get beat, he walls up really nice, just sticks his hands yeah. up um, and, and makes the shot as tough as it can be. And, and I like that because you know you get a post player with some agility, and he catches just at the elbow or something, and, and he gets by you, but he recovers and he he stays with the play. And, and you mentioned competing. I thought he competed extremely well in the first two games, especially today. And you're absolutely right. He attacks rebounds and boy, you love that as a coach when you just go and attack the, you know, the rebound and secure it and then, you know, lead us out on the break. And I thought that helped us score uh, quite a bit too, getting some key rebounds and and the outlet pass then is the next thing we saw late where we had Indiana had a rebound. I think it was Justin Smith, maybe, or, or trace. I think it was Justin Smith and the guy came from behind and stole it. Uh, Yeah. Those are things that that we can prevent as well. Yep. 
Okay, coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 11-point victory over Portland State, I will point out today's meaningful moment that you might have missed, and we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from this game. You are listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni. We are breaking down Indiana's victory over Portland State on Saturday afternoon at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Coach, it is time for the meaningful moment that you might have missed. And this, you know, kind of goes back to something that you were talking about in the first segment, you know, about really being able to attack in the half court. And I want to talk about Justin Smith because, you know, defensively, I don't think this was a great game for him. Um, I, I just, you know, as we mentioned, I think he was one of those guys that just kind of came to play defense, didn't come to compete on defense. But boy, I thought offensively, he really came to play. And, you know, Look, the offensive rebounds were great. He had five offensive rebounds. But what continues to impress me the most about him is how he's really dribbling in the half court with purpose. You know, we saw so many times last year where he would dribble himself into a bad shot or dribble himself into a turnover by making poor decisions and by just kind of being shaky with his ball handling. And that is not happening, you know, very, very early in the game. So this is the meaningful moment. It was, it was five to four. You know, there's really the possession is just going nowhere. And I thought Justin did a great job of just using his dribble to create a passing angle. He dribbled down toward the baseline, which has been a bugaboo for him, you know, where he's gotten himself into trouble. <clears throat> but he stayed under control, made that one dribble, got himself a passing angle to Trace, and Trace ends up getting fouled. Now, he missed both, but he was <coughs> sorry, he was just really patient and showed really great vision. And I feel like last year, he would have kind of rushed a tough shot or dribbled himself into a turnover. And... You know, we saw it a little bit later when he was on the baseline and dribbled right in for a dunk and, you know, had another one from the top of the key, took it and just went right down the lane and dunked. And, you know, it just it continues the trend, coach, of him, you know, whereas before you would cringe when he dribbles. Now he really seems to be doing it with more purpose, more confidence. And if that's something that can continue when the competition gets better, boy, it's going to make him hard to handle for opposing defenses. Yeah, exactly. I thought in the past when he drove, he was worried about getting blocked or worried about contact. And it was not worried about, I'm just going to jam the ball through through the hoop. And you tell players like that, when you got an advantage, go to dunk it and dunk it hard. Because that way, if you get fouled, you know, you have a chance of finishing the three-point play. But if you don't go with the purpose of making the shot, dunk or layup, and you go wondering about something else. And I just think that shows that he is – a little more focused. The word consistency will come up every post game until like game 11, until we believe that it is, it is etched in him for the rest of the season. But, you know, so far this season, he's going to the rim hard. And, you know, I do think there were a couple times he got a little loose with his passing. Uh, you know, he got a little pressure and he kind of just threw it away that, that I would like to see him uh, cleaned up today. There, there's, you know, I thought Justin Smith was very, very solid today. And, and I really believe that if Justin Smith can play like this, and maybe it's just an above average game, uh, then Indiana's going to be in a position to win because he is such an athlete and such a talent and such a hard guard and getting out in transition and so forth. I just think he is a real key. I think we can win without him, but it's just nice to see him playing as hard as possible. And he had... He had eight rebounds today, and so only two turnovers. Just an all-around good effort by Justin. It was, you know, but but I think there were still some of those moments, and these may just be moments that you have to take from him because his his personality is one that at times on the court is going to be laid back, you know. And, and there was one possession um, back when it was fifty-eight, fifty-one, you know, so it was basically right before the banner moment that I talked about. You know, he got stripped after getting a rebound on the other end and really, and it was basically, it was a little two on one, but he didn't even challenge the guy who was going to shoot it. And look, maybe he just didn't want to pick up a foul, but 
you know, there, there's a little something there you would like to see. Hey, I just got stripped. I'm going to, you know, go hard and go get this guy. And he just kind of stood there. And a couple possessions later, you know, Walker, their big guy, just kind of drove into the lane and scored on him, you know. And it's, it's one of those, again, you know, yeah, you don't want to foul. And Justin was kind of in position. But, like, at some point, you just got to wall up and not let the guy get by you, you know. And when the other team is driving aggressively and being really assertive in there and being tough – you got to match that. And so, you know, as you look for continued areas of growth for him, there continue to be some of those possessions throughout games where he doesn't make things uncomfortable for the opposition at times. And, and I agree with you. I think overall he played well today, but those moments kind of stuck out. And I think now as a junior where his example matters a lot more, you know, those are some of the things that you would like to see out of his game. I also just don't know if that's, if that's him. I also him. think... I, I'm guilty of this as well, and I and I agree with you. I think because he's had two years where where he's had a lot of those moments, we actually look for those moments and notice those moments more. Uh, I'm sure if we watched the whole, if we watched um, Finnessey with that same kind of mindset, we'll see some times where we thought Finnessey just kind of relaxed a little bit. Uh, it, you know, when you play a game, we all know. You'd love every player to never take a possession off, never take a second off. But within a game, there are places where you can rest and do certain things like that. And some some guys do that. I, I did not feel that way about Justin. I was angry about the back tap just because it's a back tap. And, and it's also something you don't want to compound and make two mistakes. So you, you made a bad play. If you foul there now, you know, there's still a lot of time left in the game. I'd, I didn't think that was bad. I do think. I was more bothered with this two lackadaisical just tossing of the ball when he was falling back, you know, when someone pressured him, he just kind of threw it and hoped that some of our guys got it. But I, I think I look at him a lot more critical than I do other players uh, because of, of what's happened. The majority of time he played like that, I believe, the last two years. Right now it's a minimal amount, so I count that as a huge, huge improvement. Yeah, well said, well said. Um you know, another play that really jumped out at me, and I was kind of hoping that we were going to see more from him, but Deron Davis, about the 10.5 mark in the first half, you know, really did a nice job defensively, moving his hands, moving his feet, poked the ball away from the defender, which, by the way, Deron Davis's hands, the quickness of his hands defensively, a very underrated skill. He's got quick hands, which helps to lead him to some steals. And, you know, got on the floor, you know, dove after that ball and ended up securing it, and it turned into a fast break going the other way. You know, you saw Joey Brunk at the end of a game where it's already decided, diving on the floor. You know, we've talked about the competitiveness of Trace Jackson Davis. I do like how our big guys will get down and mix it up. Like, we have some toughness. Those guys aren't going to get punked. I was just disappointed that we didn't get to see more from Duran. I mean, he was clearly engaged in the game, so I don't know if you know if there was an injury or some reason why he didn't play in the second half. It's obviously not a great matchup for him, but it's also Portland State. Like, you still would like to see him get in there and do something. So, you know, hearkening back to what we talked about on Assembly Call Radio, I'm still, you know, I'm still not concerned. I'm, I just don't think there's much we're going to learn about him in November. But gosh, I'd like to see him play more than four minutes. So I hope there's some kind of explanation, although maybe I kind of don't, because if the explanation is some sort of nagging injury, I definitely don't want to hear that. So I was just, that was a great play, and I was disappointed we didn't get to see more from him. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought after that, I saw him kind of lift his leg and kind of shake something out. I don't know if that was a, a tweak, and then it was preventative in the second half. And, and you know, you, you guys mentioned on the radio show that, you know, November's a time to play other people and then ho bring him along and keep him healthy. I, I kind of hope that's what it is. You know, I've not been very um, high on Duran for what I think Archie wants to play. Um, I do think Duran's a nice player. He's 15, uh, but he's just right now he looks a, a little slow, whether that's conditioning or an injury. And I think that they're just going with other players right now, and hopefully that's to save him. And last year, I will say that I thought he, when he played and he was as healthy as he could be, I thought he really did a nice job. So that's the ceiling for Duran. And it's just now with the competitive team it, that that he's competing for minutes as well. I don't think his minutes are guaranteed because he's a senior and he's Duran Davis. And when you know, he's going to have to do it in practice and he's going to have to do it in a game. And it's kind of a nice problem to have if, if other people are beating a guy with the quality of Deron Davis out for minutes, then um, then that's a good sign. But, you know, we just don't know if that's the case or it's injury or they're just trying to be patient uh, with him. Um, 
We'll see. You know, let's also remember, you know, the offense has looked good these first couple games. You're playing sub 300 defenses. And some of the stuff that we're seeing in these first couple games is fool's gold. It's not stuff that's going to be there in the Big Ten. Like, we'll talk about the transition because the transition has looked really good. Some of those opportunities are going to dry up when you play against good transition defenses. You know, Justin Smith was able to you basically get to the lane anytime he wanted to. Better defenders are not going to let him do that. And to me, where Deron Davis, where he you know, provided his biggest boost last year and where I still think he will this year is on the offensive end of the court. And last year, Indiana, again, was 0.1 points per possession better with him on the court because you can dump it down to him and he's efficient, but he's also a great passer out of the post. And so, you know, I don't want us to get all excited with how well the offense is playing and forget that when you get into February and tough Big Ten games, having a senior with his skill and experience is going to be important. So, you know... Everybody should just stop before you write off, oh, maybe we don't need him, all this stuff. We are going to need him come later this season. He's going to be a very important piece. So, you know, that that's – and again, that's why I'm not overly concerned about what's happening in November. But, you know, if he's only going to play four minutes every single game, you know, I might get a little bit concerned. I'd like to see more from him. Um, let's talk about some numbers here, Coach. And, you know, we probably should talk about the guy who led Indiana in scoring, Al Durham. So that's the first stat, 18 points. And, you know, look, I, I have some, some issues with the way that Al played today. We'll get into those. But I will say, man, his aggressiveness and his vision in transition has been awesome. And it kind of feels like we have had more competently led break opportunities this season than we had all last year. This team was terrible on the break last year. And there is just a different get-it-and-go confidence and quickness to the decision-making of Al when he's got the ball in the open court that I love. And, you know, that's how he got a lot of his points. He was able to get to the line for three free throws. Um, you know, defensively, again, I didn't think he was very good. But where I really take a positive from this is Al has been a guy that when he's kind of not been able to find his flow in a game, he really hasn't been able to find his flow to where he would score zero or two points. He can't do that now because there isn't Juwan. There isn't Romeo. Like, he has to produce. And to his credit, even in a game where he struggled in a lot of areas – you know, responsibility for production, that term Archie had, he stepped up with 18 points. So, you know, I, I, you know, before we maybe talk about some of the stuff defensively that we didn't like from him, and I guess we covered it a little bit earlier, it is worth noting that he still stepped up and scored points, you know, in a, in a game where his team only won by 11. And I think a lot of it was just, you know, he continues to push it, uh, you know, in those break opportunities. Indiana had 18 fast break points, uh, and that was great to see because, it, to me, it's probably been the single biggest area of growth that I've seen from him from one year to the next. Yeah, I, I thought he struggled uh, against pressure when he was guarded uh, on the break when he could get going and, and pitch the ball ahead and make a decision or get the ball and beat someone in the lane and shot fake and spin back and score. That's when he was best. I thought you, you see why he's probably the backup point guard uh, in a set offense against heavy ball pressure, uh, because I thought he struggled his one turnover where he didn't recognize there was someone from behind. Um, and I thought he was poor on defense to start, but he must've got talked to at halftime because he was a lot more aggressive getting into that lane with the ball uh, to make things happen. And boy, did he have a, I thought a nice second half. And again, it's always, this is coach speak on our show tonight because we're talking about a guy playing bad, having 18 points and only one turnover. And he's really being forced to play 32 minutes as the lead guard when Rob Finnessy is supposed to be playing that, you know, and L defensively, here's another thing to think about too. L's probably guarding their point guard. And that, that takes a skill too. And he might be better guarding the two or the three, uh, for what he's been known to do and leave Rob, who is really good at guarding the, the point guards of the world. When, and so when Rob, you know, Rob had, uh, he, Rob had 26 minutes tonight too. So, um, you know, there's a matchup at the guard thing as well. You have to be pleased with Al Durham because again, I think all of the people looking at Indiana were ra rating us at the floor. And maybe that's just me with my, you know, crimson colored glasses on everyone else is guys who scored 3.7 points a game last year are going to rise up and score 15 and be great across the country, except for Indiana's guys. They're going to stay where they were last year. Boy, Al is, is showing them that he made a lot of improvement off in, in the off season. And, and what a game I think is maybe average to above, slightly above average for him overall and not super, not even good or not. He, he, he leads us in scoring. That, that's just 
that's just great and it and puts me at ease it is and that's the thing he's a junior now he's a captain so you know more is expected of him you know there's a reason why we're not really coming on here criticizing armand franklin for kind of a rough game you know because he's a freshman and you know you're going to allow for him to have some of those games and that's what we saw, saw from al as a freshman and some as a sophomore and he can't do it now and to his credit as you said even though he had some struggles still went out there and led this team in scoring you know still was able to push the ball in transition do some of those things and so you know it, it, it it's one of those weird ones it's like you're impressed because he didn't play quite as well but still produced you know and that but sometimes you have to do that uh, and so that was really nice to see you know the other numbers that I want to point out there's a, a term that we've you know used some of this offseason, which is shot volume. You know, what is the path for Indiana to be good offensively when they're not going to be a prolific three-point shooting team in this era of three-point shooting? You know, and when you don't have great isolation scores, especially when Devontae Green is off the court, well, you've got to get high quality shots and you've got to get more of them. And one of the paths to doing that, credit to John Gassaway, who created the shot volume stat, is get offensive rebounds to create more opportunities and prevent turnovers to maintain your opportunities. Indiana, as you mentioned, only 10 turnovers. Are, you know That is Archie Miller's stated goal for each game. And this is a Portland State team that forces turnovers. And you only have three guards in there. So that was really good. 16 offensive rebounds, really good. And Indiana got to the free throw line for 30 free throws. And coach, Made 22 of them. We shot 73% from the free throw line, coach. 73%. <laughs> Man, you like our three, our, our free throw percentage is like okay right now, which has got to make everybody happy. But, you know, how does Indiana score 1.28 points per possession, a game where you go three of 14 from downtown? That's how you do it. And there are going to be games this year where we don't shoot well from three point range. And this is the path to how we still create efficient offense reduce turnovers, get offensive rebounds, pick your spots in transition, and get to the free throw line. So this, you know, if you kind of want to look at a box score for how it might look, you know, when Indiana wins in Big Ten play, but they don't shoot well, this is the path right here. And credit to the guys for taking care of the ball and being really aggressive on the offensive glass, um, because that's what was able to allow them to do that. Yeah, and that that's... The, the rebounding on both ends was just fantastic, but offensive rebounding is a way uh, to clean up uh, maybe bad execution, bad decisions, tough shots at the end of the shot clock. Really impressive on the offensive glass and people keeping the ball alive in their pursuit of the basketball. I think that's an excellent stat along with those turnovers. And really what that does then it prevents the other, that prevents the other team from getting out and going as well. And so, you know, you look at that as offensive numbers, but if you keep low turnovers against a team that pressed, they don't have easy opportunities at the other end. And, and thank goodness, because our half-court defense wasn't very good and, and gave up some, some threes and so forth. But if you turn it over 20 times, that's 10 more opportunities for them on the break with an advantage to score at the other end. So not only is the numbers that you mentioned, the rebounds and the, and the low turnovers there to get good quality shots and score, it's also helping on the other end. And, and I think that's you know, really stands out in a game like today that ended up being a little closer than what we all wanted. Yeah, you know, and the other number to me that was <clears throat> that was important was the the offensive rebounds for Portland State. Do you realize they were the number one team in the country last year in offensive rebounding percentage? I mean, it's a big thing that they do is they crash the glass, and Indiana held them to only seven offensive rebounds. Now, that was important because they turned those seven offensive rebounds into 12 points, and some of those were really important points. Like, you think back to the first half, that sequence that I mentioned earlier where Jerome made the three and, you know, Trace got the dunk and we're up by 10 and it felt like we might push it to a 14 or 15 point lead. You know, we have that possession on defense where we come down, we force a missed shot and they get two offensive rebounds and score. And I don't know if you saw Mike Roberts on the bench, but man, he was apoplectic when they got those rebounds. You know, because sometimes there's just, there's like those, and this comes back to the killer instinct. There's important moments at a game when the crowd's going, you've got a little momentum, you make a play, you go the other way, and you can really put your foot on the opponent's throat. And Indiana didn't do it. So even something that they did well throughout the game, in some key moments, it's like they let their foot off the gas. And this happened again in the second half. You know, Rob played great D on Woods. This was during that stretch where he was defending Woods and forced a really tough step back. And Armand Franklin just didn't block Hauser out at all. And Hauser was able to go up and get that nice little bucket, which kind of kept them around. You know, that would have been a put your foot on their throat, great defensive play by our guard, let's get the rebound and go the other way. So 
overall a good job on the defensive glass, but there were a few of those kind of timely moments where it's like, hey, let's go get this rebound and we're really going to, you know, kind of, you know, end their hope. And Indiana didn't do it. So you'd like to see him be a little bit better there. But overall, given the context of how good this team is, you know, getting offensive boards, I thought Indiana did a really good job. And that's a credit to Justin Smith. That's a credit to Trace Jackson Davis. That's a credit to Race Thompson, who really did a nice job on the glass today. And Joey Brunk, too. You know, if you have a chance and you want to go back and look at it, if you're a listener, I really thought they attacked the glass and it was team rebounding. I, I wrote that down team rebounding and one of those seven maybe even two of the two of those I remember where the ball there were three people and the ball just kind of eluded Indiana and fell into their hands so you have some of that uh but also the rebounding is the finish of a good defensive possession it's not just guarding the ball it's not just contesting the shot it's not guarding off ball screens it is completing the defensive possession with a solid rebound and the game game of basketball is a game of runs and what you want to do is you want your runs to be longer than the other team's runs. And an offensive uh, rebound, giving up an offensive rebound and not securing the defensive rebound is a way to allow runs to continue or or to keep teams in games. And it just seemed like today only seven, but three or four of them were really at key moments uh, in an overall really solid effort off a uh, defensive rebound today. But you got to do it at key moments as well, because uh, I talk a lot about separation. When you get separation, you want to separate even more. You don't want that separation to accordion back and forth, back and forth. And that's stopping those runs. And you do that with good rebounding and key timely rebound. Um, a couple other numbers, you know, Indiana only uh, seven assists or no, 11 assists on their 30 made field goals. That's a number that you really want to see go up. You know, there, and I think a lot of that came in the first half when, you know, Indiana didn't, what would what, what we have in the first half? Let me look. We had, we had five assists in the first half on 15 made field goals. And, you know, it was the ball movement wasn't as crisp today. There was, you know, kind of some more one-on-one stuff. So you'd like to see that assist number be up a little bit, but coach, what other numbers jumped out to you? Uh, from this performance? Well, we obviously need to just keep praising the the, the free throw shooting. Um, <laughs> I will say this on the other side. <laughs> we Indiana fouled too much. Uh, yeah. and, and, and you got to know when you're in the bonus uh, to, to play a little differently. Uh, giving up 32 free throws to the opponent was another reason why this was an 11-point margin when it really was, you know, 15 to 20, I think, by the way the game was played. And if we play as well as we can, I think it's over 20. But we, the, the, those free throws that they get, that, that's just – that you cannot foul to the extent of 32 free throw attempts in any game because that's going to that's gonna keep any team, good or bad, um, at, a, at a high level of offensive efficiency. And, and credit goes to the officials, as usual. They, they help uh, with the free throw rate of the opponents. So, you know – uh, just unbelievable sometimes, you know, watch second halves of basketball games. If it was a little touchy in the first half, then all of a sudden 48 fouls in the second half or they didn't get enough time at the monitor. Um, it's just a real, you know, now we got flopping um, warnings and more Bo Borowski at the table. But the officials, I thought, were did not have a good game today. So um, just, just not good. But – you got to adjust. It comes down to the coach and the players making the adjustments. You can complain all you want. Can't file. That that stat just really sticks out uh, yeah. in my mind. Yeah, well said. All right, coming up on the assembly call, we are going to hand out our game balls and then hit any other lingering storylines from this game. Uh, and then we'll look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, and then it'll be time for last call. That's all next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Tim Priller and I never miss an episode of the Assembly Call. All right. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you are there, make sure that you sign up for the free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. Or again, go to assemblycall.com. 
I'm Jared Morris here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Um, coach, before we hand out the game ballers real quick, I just checked the updated uh, Ken Palm stats, which can always be a little bit noisy early in the season, of course. You know, a lot of it is kind of built in from the preseason, some stuff from last year, uh, and then, you know, you get some of these crazy early results. But it is interesting early on, and I have to imagine Archie Miller is not going to be happy about this. Who would have thought that after two games, Indiana's offensive rating would be higher ranked than its defensive rating? The Hoosiers currently 33rd on offense, 45th defensively. So, you know, if you want to know, you know, just in terms of from an opponent adjusted basis, how bad was this defensive performance? Indiana ended a 36th in the nation in both categories and dropped nine spots by giving up, you know, whatever it was, 1.1 points per possession to Portland State. So that's not good enough. So there's plenty of time to recover and all that stuff. And this is just one data point. But we're doing the postgame show for that one data point. So it's, you know, we can harp on it a little bit. I really look forward to listening to what Archie has to say after the game, um, because I just don't think he's going to be happy with the defense. And that, you know, is just a, a statistical illustration of how poor this defensive performance was overall. Yeah, and... You know, I, I I look at Ken Palm every day and look at the opponents just because it's basketball season starting and it's numbers. I mean, that's that's what we do. Th- those numbers will start taking care of itself in mid-December when you have a lot of numbers, just like the bracketology stuff is really nonsense, and yet we'll be putting out a new bracket here in two weeks. Uh, you got to remember that. Uh, but, yeah, the defense needs to be shored up. I, I think on the postgame show – at the, in the season opener against Western Illinois, everyone was happy about uh, the defense. We thought it was there and it was good. And Archie in his post game didn't like it. And we just got an, we got an example of what Archie didn't like. And he's going to keep harping on it and harping on it and harp on it. In fairness, I, it was better in the Western Illinois game than today. Like they played yeah. a lot better, you know. Yeah, and, and I and I will I will always go back and and people can get upset with me being too soft, but I I think the two guards that played today really had great games. Uh, now, whether that was just because of bad defense from Indiana or they elevated their game today, uh, sometimes it's when you when do you play certain opponents um, as as well. So I'm just getting I, I tired just of these guards. I'm, I'm just getting tired of it seeming to happen so often at Assembly Assembly Hall, where these guards come in. That that's why, like you know, I wrote on my notes, who's going to get that's ticked true. off and tell this guy you're playing in Assembly Hall? And Rob finally did it. Like it's great; but those does, guys had a good game. But you know, but step Indiana up and stop get, them. I mean, how many banked shots against Indiana until it starts go not happening? Like an end of yeah. the shot clock. We've had two games already with banked threes and a third one that went around, out, hit the backboard, and went back in. That's nine points right there on your defensive efficiency. So those numbers are early. I mean, that's it is frustrating um, that that it happens. But again, it's Indiana. Guys, get up for Indiana. That's why. Yeah. I don't like to quote a, a certain coach, but it's Indiana. It's it's assembly hall. You get jacked up for playing at those games, and we've got to find a way to counter it. To your yes. to your point, we have to find Indiana has to find a way to counter that energy that comes into into our building and make it more of a home court advantage shooting wise than it has been. So yeah. I, I I do agree. Yeah, and I don't want to over harp on it, but Archie Miller has said over and over this is a program that's going to hang its hat on defense. And if that's the case, you don't play defense like this. Like you, this was an unacceptable you, defensive performance for a team that has that as its identity. Yeah, and today it was really the guards that I thought struggled, but yeah. I still think it's lineup construction. Our strength is at the post, and we're going to be playing bigger lineups. And I think you're going to struggle. It's been a big worry ever since the, the talk of going to a big lineup of how are, how are you going to guard and is everyone one spot off of where they are their best defender. I think that's something to watch as the as the season yeah. goes on. If that small, I thought the, the the run at the end of the first half, we had that small lineup in again. We had one post, and you had Justin and Jerome and and two guards in, and it got it was close, and then bam, it, it went out. Two games in a row. I really like that smaller lineup, but you're gonna have a long log jam at the five if that's the case. You are all right, Coach. Let's hand out our game balls. Uh, I will give you the honors of going first. I caught a lot of grief from my buddies about last week's uh, not giving it to L, um, but I'm not going <laughs> to let that sway me. They don't, they don't, the chat mob's my friends, but I'm not going to let them sway me. I, I'm going to shock people probably. I'm going to go race Thompson wow. for his toughness, uh, 10 points, nine rebounds, and this stat alone, four for four from the free throw line as a big guy. Um, 
and, and here's, here's why I thought in the first half, his rebounding and his toughness kind of set the tone when other people that you expect um, were struggling. I mean, Al, Al Durham's going to lead us in scoring a lot or have a lot of points. But Thompson, in 16 minutes to almost have a double-double, um, I, I, I just think that overall, everyone else had some issues. Um, and the other person I was considering was Trace Jackson Davis with a double-double, uh, obviously, would be the, the second consideration there. But I thought almost every other player had some issues. I thought he played as complete a game as he could for his 16 minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving mine to Trace. Um, I thought he was the most consistent player on both ends of the court. You mentioned the double-double, 13 points, 10 rebounds, You know his first double-double in an IU uniform. Man, I, I three or four times a game watching him, I catch myself thinking, my God, is he going to be good? Like, And he's already good, but he, he has a chance to be great. He really does because he plays hard, he competes, he's skilled, he's athletic. He really tries to do the right things out there, and I think that's what you saw today. You know, the big runs that Indiana had, he was involved in them. That big stretch that I talked about in the first half where they extended the lead, he was there making things happen. You know, the 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 run when Rob started playing the defense and they went on the little run in the second half to push it out to 70-57, he was there making things happen. And I feel like every single time through these first few appearances and we've watched Indiana when good things have happened, either at the start of game or when they're making a run late in the first half, Trace is always out there. You know, He's always one of the guys who's out there. And a lot of times it's a block shot or it's a tough rebound by him that helps spur it on. And I thought that's what we saw today. So, I, you know, look, I thought Allen and Justin did some good things offensively. They led Indiana in scoring. But I thought Trace Jackson Davis led Indiana overall in playing on both ends. And so he gets my game ball. That means we've got a tie. So for the official game ball chat mob, you guys need to weigh in between Race Thompson and Rob Finnis or Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis. And then uh, Chad, if you can add them up and let me know, then that'll be the official game ball for today. So you can put those there uh, in the chat mob. Uh, Coach, what else do we need to talk about from this game? Um, we've kind of gone through all the individuals. Oh, Demise Anderson didn't play. And I guess he's dealing with kind of a slight injury. Doesn't sound like it's anything serious. Although... Everybody's probably, you know, people probably roll their eyes now when we say it's probably not anything serious because that's what we were told about Devontae and Rob and they didn't practice for a month and Devontae's still not playing. So who knows? He was injured. That's I don't like I don't think this was a particularly great like matchup for him to be in there anyway, but I would have liked to see him get some experience in it. But that's why he didn't play is just due to injury. Yeah, um, that that was noticeable. I think Davis's lack of minutes, we've talked about that was noticeable. Well, let's talk about Jerome Hunter hitting his first two threes, and they looked nice. And, and again, so he's still getting in the groove of playing. There's a lot of things that he's struggling to do. But in 31 minutes, I think he had 16 minutes in game one. He had 15 in this game. He scored seven and nine, and that's probably at the lowest uh, of his playing ability will be in these first five, six, seven games as he gets acclimated to playing again. So he's averaging eight points and playing less than half of a game. And um, I think there's some things, again, you see some things where he struggles, but you also see some reason why he was a four-star and, and how he can uh, help this team. I think we still need to be patient. He'll be up and down. Inside of games, and he'll be up and down there. But I was nice to see him for his confidence get a couple threes to go down. You know, and he and Race really complement each other well when they're on the court together, you know, because he can obviously play inside, you know, go inside and outside. Um, he's an active player, and, and Race, obviously, with what he can do from a defensive standpoint and rebounding, you know, those two guys have a chance to really give Indiana a strong bench um, as they get more up to speed because they can they can make things happen both, you know, on the glass and from a scoring perspective, they get in there and give you some quick points because Jerome can fill it up like he did today. And race can just go grab you four or six points because he's just out toughing the other team. And, you know, again, those are going to be guys. I think they project to be guys. They're going to be hard to keep off the court in the, you know, in crunch time. And that, you know, isn't that kind of what you would like as a coach to have seven or eight good options that you trust in crunch time and, and to have and, to make those hard decisions. And, and here's why, because, uh, Smith has a chance of being more consistent with his play because he's going to have to be consistent <laughs> yeah. with his play or Jerome's going to take some minutes or, you know, uh, Trace Jackson Davis can't let up and think, okay, I got my first uh, assembly call game ball as, as it's being voted on in the room. <laughs> we'll and, send you a plaque, and, Trace. And start relaxing because <laughs> race is starting to play minutes. And, and I think you're seeing that with Brunk and Davis and the competition raises all boats 
And uh, I don't know if that's the right saying. It's Saturday afternoon. Uh, but um, sure. You know, I, I just think that's good. A rising tide raises all a rising dogs, tide. Yeah, the... I'm watching the, the Alabama game on the on a big screen here oh, and didn't nice. think of that. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think this team will get better and will be better. I don't know that it's going to be able to beat the number one team in the country or anything, but it's fun to watch because, again, today was today was average or at least below average. That's a double digit win, and and let's move, let's let's go. So, but yeah, I was happy for Jerome and Race to see those guys who haven't played last year because of injuries, uh, to to start being very very productive in their in their limited minutes. By the way, just you know, fun with noisy early season Ken Palm stats. Indiana currently eleventh in average possession length at thirteen point five seconds. All those all those transition possessions. Although you know, I will say, I thought our shot selection was pretty good for the most part. But I was disappointed in the second half when Woods started making all those threes. We started jacking threes early in the shot clock, which is uncharacteristic. Justin took one. Jerome took one. Maybe Al took one. I think Al actually made his. Um, but it was just the sequence where it's like, this is not how we're going to play. You know, we're not, <laughs> you know, when another team gets hot, we're not going to come back or stymie it because Jerome and Justin take early threes in the in the shot clock. We, I thought that was a point where the offense got a little a little tilted, you know, and, and, and really needed to get some better shots there. Um, so anyway, we don't need to go over any more Ken Palm stats because it's two games and they don't mean too much. But they are they are fun. I'm like you, man. I just I just go there and I just like to scroll and look. Yeah, just fun to see how it develops. Click on this conference. Click on this <laughs> opponent. I know. You know it is. And by the way, Indiana overall 37th. So I think they entered today either 32nd or 33rd. So you know, not a you know it was a win. It was a win. Not a good one. I think there's a lot for the you know someone I was texting with someone during the game. You know, disappointing, but I think Indiana, the coaches can get a lot out of this. And, and, and maybe that's the last thing that we'll talk about here real quick, Coach, before we go to last call. Like, how do you approach a game like this when you're in the film session, when you're with the team? Because it is a win, and there are some good things. But, I, I mean, I feel like coaches, to a certain extent, it's almost like you rub your palms together, and you're like, oh, we've got so many, so many things that we can go over. <laughs> uh, quick answer is two to one negative to positive. I mean, you, you don't want to browbeat people in game two uh, when you got a game to turn around and play Tuesday. So you're likely to give them tomorrow off, I imagine, depending on the, the 20 hours and what you've been practicing. Tomorrow's probably an off day. You bring them in Monday, show the film, and run through your stuff for Tuesday night and get ready uh, for the next opponent. But – yeah, this one I would probably say harp a little more negative than positive um, because you you want to keep that chip on their shoulder and and, you, and and young people are so difficult sometimes. I, I I believe good coaches have to be good at psychology to understand when to push, when not to push. But this is one where, yeah, I, I'd push a little bit to, to make sure I have their attention because you've had some good personal numbers and you just don't want people to feel too comfortable um yeah at, and it's way too early to feel comfortable so yeah i I'd, I'd, I'd be getting on him quite a bit uh, as we look coach at roberts should get on him. Co- coach roberts is gonna get on man. <laughs> yeah you guys are kindred spirits house. <laughs> you and coach roberts absolutely <laughs> i love oh, coach roberts i have a mad crush on coach roberts <laughs> Um, okay, so as we look ahead, Indiana plays North Alabama on Tuesday. Uh, North Alabama currently ranked 285th in Ken Palm. They played South Carolina in their first game of the season. Uh, they won 77 to 50, or they lost 77 to 55. They're kind of the inverse of Portland State. Portland State, a team that for their level is actually pretty good offensively and not very good defensively. North Alabama flips that. They're really bad offensively, but they're actually decent defensively. So they may actually present a little bit more of a challenge defensively for Indiana, um, which will be nice to see. Um, but this is only their second year in Division One. Last year, they were 10-22, and 22, 284th overall. Uh, we're 184th in overall defensive efficiency, which for a team at that level is actually pretty good. So I think that shows that, you know, they can do some things defensively. So I don't really know much more about their style. We don't have, you know, Rain Man Andy Bottoms here to tell us everything about uh, North Alabama. Um, so that's about all we can say on them. 
Uh, but we'll have that post game show for you Tuesday, and then we've got uh, Assembly Call Radio on Thursday night coming up after that. Um, so that's what we have coming up for you. Uh, just a reminder: uh, this is the Assembly Call IU post game show. Because you are an Assembly Call listener, you get twenty percent off your entire order at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code Assembly twenty Assembly two zero. So if you want a great deal on the most comfortable and unique IU apparel that you'll find anywhere, go to homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code Assembly two zero and get twenty percent off your entire order. All right, Coach. Time for last call. What a Final thoughts on this Indiana victory. I'm hanging my hat on the fact that this Indiana team this year is a team. And and again, we'll display that toughness. Uh, We wanted to compete at a little bit higher level than what they did today. But I think you still see the Archie Miller type of program starting to develop. Root like heck that it means a lot of wins. But it's just more of what I believe is Indiana basketball. You've seen it here early. Keep rooting for the Hoosiers to get better. Get Devontae some healing cream and get him back so we can get some scoring. Uh, but I really I really think this is more towards what Indiana fans want. Uh, it has to be done on the court. It has to be done in practice. You know, I'm not going to make excuses if they don't if they lose here in the next week or two. But it, it just has a feeling to me like this thing is starting to take advantage of what they need to be doing. So I, I'm pretty pleased, and I, I think that uh, I can't wait for uh, next Tuesday. Hey, one before we get to last call, one thing we never came back around on that I want to hit real quick regarding Rob Finnessy, who got the banner moment. And again, I thought his defense for that stretch was really good. You know, and you kind of take a quick glance. Hey, seven assists. Rob played pretty well. I don't think that really tells the story for what he did offensively. I actually think the one for seven on field goals and the three turnovers are a little bit more indicative of a guy that really in the half court still seems out of sync. You know, Outside of, I think, a couple possessions at the very end, every time he drove into the paint, bad things would happen. Either he threw up a shot against a good shot blocker that really had no chance, or, you know, he made a pass that really didn't have any chance. You know, so he, he and, and look, I think we all hope that that's just a guy who's been injured, needs to get back in sync, but he's got to be a little better offensively in the half court for this team because, you know, he's been a guy that's been coming off the bench and when he's coming off the bench, the half court offense hasn't been quite as good. So that, that to me is something, you know, in terms of Rob, we never hit, he did, you know, make five, six of his free throws, you know, had a couple of steals. So I thought he was an important part of this team winning the game, but that's an area where as you project forward for what's it going to take for this team to be really good as, as we think they can be, Rob's got to get better in the half court. Yeah, he's not back to where he was. It kind of reminds me of how he came back after his concussion last year. We needed him out there, but he wasn't really Rob Finnessy. That was in the first 14 games last year. Uh, I don't think the the opening game or this game is really indicative of what he can do. You see flashes of it. You see flashes of the aggressiveness. You see the vision. He he understands where things are going, but he's a little late in his decision-making, and so – yeah, that that shows me a guy that's been out four weeks uh, and yeah. and really struggling. Yep, I agree. So look, the Hoosiers won by eleven. It was not a very good defensive performance. Still, some positives that you can take away. You know, in terms of the offensive production of Al Durham and Justin Smith on a day when some other things didn't go as well for them. Trace Jackson Davis was, you know, I thought outstanding overall. Jerome Hunter, Race Thompson really came off the bench. You know, and gave Indiana some good minutes, um, but a lot to build on. And I, I'm, this is one of those games where I'm really looking forward to hearing what Archie Miller has to say uh, in the post game to kind of see what his thoughts on it were. And now I think, you know, again, you know, you have a schedule like this in November as a fan, you know, you really, you know, sometimes like, man, what are we, you know, are we just getting to December? You know, what are we watching for? Again, habits are so important. And if this is going to be a team, a program that hangs its hat on defense, it can't be one that has bad habits on defense. And I thought today there were some bad habits on defense. Credit to Rob Finnessy for stepping up and really competing and saying, "Uh uh-uh, enough's enough. When Woods really got himself going there in the second half, that was really huge. That was good to see. Hopefully, that's something that they build on. But overall, the defense that we saw today, this is not anything close to the kind of defense Indiana is going to have to play to be, you know, a, you know, forget about being a top 20 defense, just to be a top 50 defense in the country. So I think we all expect it's going to get better. Getting Devontae back will help. So I'm certainly not overreacting. But as you look for what to watch for in these games, what are the habits? The free throw shooting, getting to the line, that habit's been good. The rebounding, that habit's been good. Low turnovers, that habit's been good. 
Some of the habits Indiana's creating have been good. We can build on those, feel good about those. But some of these other more questionable ones, especially the defense, that has to get better. And as you look in these next couple games against North Alabama and Troy, games Indiana should win easily, what kind of habits are they putting out there defensively? Because I'm sure that's what the coaches are going to be looking at, and I think those are going to be the most telling signs for where this Indiana team is as we get into mid-November because then December's here, and there's no margin for error with those games. So Indiana's got to get some of that stuff cleaned up and get it cleaned up quickly. All right, that'll do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produces a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Monday for Banner Monday and then Tuesday for the North Alabama postgame show. Until then. Take it from me. Nick's eyes loft. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And as always, go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Cascade Platinum every night. Saves you water every night. Come meet me at the dishwasher, baby. See, hand-washing dishes at your sink uses about four gallons of water every two minutes. Naughty, naughty sink. But with Cascade Platinum at your dishwasher, four gallons of water gets the whole job done. So the flow of that H2O and change your routine. Do it every night with Cascade Platinum. A surprising way to save water. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.